For the last couple Sundays, we've been praying for uh, what has been going on in uh, the Middle East, and I want to actually talk a little bit about it uh, this morning. Um, And I just want to start with the thought that the way that we look at the war in the Middle East, it must be informed by our understanding of who God is, what God is doing, and our place in it all. Does that make sense? We, we need to start with who God is, what God is doing, and our place in it all. Uh, and so let's just, uh, let's, let's start with um, what Jesus taught. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. People who believe in God's son are not judged guilty. Those who do not believe have already been judged guilty because they've not believed in God's one and only son. They are judged by this fact. The light has come into the world. They did not want the light. They wanted darkness because they were doing evil things. All who do evil hate the light and will not come to the light because it will show all the evil things they do. But those who follow the true way come to the light. And it shows that the things they do were done through God. There's a lot of depth here that I think uh, is easily missed and brings profound peace and help so that we are not unduly stressed and anxious in times like this. Think about this. Jesus teaches here God loves people from all nations. That's what the words literally mean. What we also see here is that Jesus is Savior King, King above all kings, and King of the earth. We get more on that in other scriptures. But let's, let's have a look at this. Jesus came to them and said, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. Okay, God the Father has given Jesus the Son the power over everything we see and in the spirit realm. So go and make followers of all people in the world, or people of all ethnicities, cultures. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've taught you, and I will be with you always, even until the end of this age. Peter, who heard Jesus say this, understood God loves people from every nation. The world will be a better place if everyone looked to Jesus as Savior King and as a result loved each other. Repeatedly, God spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament saying about this relationship that he had with Israel, his covenant promises, this call providing for and protecting the people of Israel, making a promise of love to them, but also predicting that if they rebelled against him, if they turned away from him, that he would allow punishment and judgment to come on them, including their removal from that land and punishment 
to draw them back into this relationship with God. And repeatedly through the prophets, God says that the purpose of this is so that they would know that He is Lord. Now Peter heard these things, heard Jesus teach on these things, and so he said this. The Lord is not slow in doing what He promised, the way some people understand slowness. But God is being patient with you, He does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their heart and lives. This is important. This is a revelation of the heart of God that is still active today. If you're in a place and you're not walking in relationship with Jesus, this should be comforting. God doesn't want you to perish, doesn't want you to experience the negative consequences, the difficulty, the pain that comes from not being in relationship with God. He's being slow. He's being long-suffering. He's being patient with you. He wants everyone to come into relationship with Him through Jesus. And through that, that, that you would be changed, that your hearts and your lives would be changed. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The skies will disappear with a loud noise. Everything in them will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be exposed. In that way, everything will be destroyed. So what kind of people should you be? You should live holy lives and serve God as you wait for and look forward to the coming of the day of God. When that day comes, the skies will be destroyed with fire. Everything in them will melt with heat. But God made a promise to us, and we are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth where goodness lives. Dear friends, since you are waiting for this to happen, do your best to be without sin, without fault. Try to be at peace with God. Remember that we are saved because our Lord is patient. Anytime there's conflict in the Middle East, there's things that come up, including quote-unquote Christian celebrities who have theology that's not deep and that's not Bible-based. So let me just give us some summary of terms because I always hear about, oh, it's, the, it's the end times. Let's just give a little bit of summary. So repeatedly in Scripture, you get this, what's translated in the English, the day of the Lord. That's referencing when Jesus returns in ultimate victory. God will make new, will remake this earth. And the city of our God, which is spiritual that Jesus has been preparing, will be revealed. And an ability to go from this earth to the city of God will be free. And it will be centered around Jesus revealed as king and a worship of God that's uninterrupted. That's the day of the Lord. Now the last days, as a Bible phrase, here's what it refers to. And this is, it's so important to understand in the original language what words actually meant to the people who heard them. The last days, it refers, that word day refers to an era, a period of time that is defined. And the last days, as a Bible term, refers to the spiritual era between Jesus' resurrection and ascension and when he will return ultimately. So 2,000 plus years have all been the last days. A war in the geographic area of Israel does not change that. And what Jesus has taught is that no one's going to know. It's going to come like a thief in the night. It will be a surprise. In fact, Jesus explicitly says, no one will predict the day. 
So if you are listening to a voice that is predicting the day, stop listening to that voice. If you are listening to a voice that is contributing to a spirit of fear, stop listening to that voice. People perennially get distracted. What did Jesus and his followers say very clearly? That's not to be your focus. But life is short. Make sure you're in a healthy relationship with God. That should be your focus. And that should bring peace. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there is peace. So we shouldn't be distracted by these things. But we should understand what's going on so that we can pray with specifics. We've talked before about this, and I just want to come back to this. We need to be praying with specifics. What I have found is that believers who pray, asking God to do things that they can't do, with specific details, are happier and more at peace. Because when God answers, they're super happy because it's obvious this was the specifics. This was the list. This was the details. This is what I prayed. And it's obvious that God did a thing. Hello? And they realize that it's not up to them. So let's talk about some just specifics about who God is as revealed in Scripture because that's how we're going to pray by calling on who God actually is. Not a God based on our imagination, but who God is actually proven to be. So watch this now. The one true living God is a God of righteousness and justice. We, we always come back to this word righteousness because we don't really understand it. It's right-standing, guilt-free, healthy relationship with others. Okay, And it's a repeated theme throughout the scripture that God is a God of righteousness and a God of justice. God is powerful and faithful in love, calling people to turn away from wrongdoing, forgiving the repentant, and judging the guilty who refuse to repent. That's how God described himself to Moses in Exodus 34. Okay, That's what God's like. God's kingdom includes our response of loving devotion to God, loving respect for others, and a resulting lifestyle of righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not all this fussing about theological things, but a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay? God's peace... Remember that Bible Project YouTube video on peace that helps us have a good, healthy understanding of the depth of it? Includes healthy well-being, healthy relationships, the idea of to be made complete, made whole, and mutual benefit. And in particular, a Bible study on peace and God's peace includes that complex systems, complex situations, complex events brought into this everybody with healthy, loving, respect, mutually beneficial relationships. Nothing is too complicated for God. I think it might be easy to just check the mental box, oh, nothing's too hard for God, but where we often experience anxiety that is unnecessary is when we don't invite God into every layer of a complicated decision or situation. And we need to get the layers out, write them out, use your brain and your spirit to pray to invite God because nothing is too complicated for God, including the events of the Middle East. Now, also what we see is that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Now, we here in Baltimore should have somewhat of a theology of murder. Cain 
murders his brother Abel, God says his blood cries out to me from the ground. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. God calls for the punishment of murder and kidnapping. We see that in Exodus chapter 21. God tells us he finds no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So even though God is a righteous judge, and those who refuse to repent, that choose a direction that we would call evil or wicked, God doesn't take pleasure when they die. It's important. We need to understand to who are we praying. Now, it's also important for us to understand is that Israel is a people that God loves. Watch this now. To the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul writes about Jewish people. Now, it's important for us to remember, Paul is a Jew. Paul started out Saul, who saw the Christian church as a threat to the Jews and was killing Christians. Had an interaction with Jesus that changed his life, changed his direction. Saul had had knew that it was Jews that killed Jesus, and in Paul's own life, he also had Jews who tried to kill him. Okay? So when he talks about this, let's just understand what's happening. We're looking at Romans chapter 11, verses 25 through 27. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourself. He's talking to Jesus' followers. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. What he's saying is, before Jesus returns, every person who's not a Jew, that God, that repents, that turns away from their sin, that receives Jesus as Savior, that God brings into that relationship, when all the Gentiles have come back to, have come to faith, God is going to do something with the Jewish people. And so all Israel will be saved, as the scriptures say. The one who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness, referring to Jesus' relationship with people who are biologically Jewish. He will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them that I will take away their sins. This is Paul quoting the Greek version of Isaiah, the prophecies of Isaiah in 59 and 27. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles, yet they they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for God's own gifts, and his call will never be withdrawn. God made an everlasting covenant with the people of Israel. But remember, God's heart is for the Palestinians as well. There are people outside of what is right now geographically Israel, who are not born Jews, who are descendants of the Christians that are how we got the Bible. Thessaloniki, Greece. Thessalonians in your New Testament. The Christian church persists. There are people in the area that was outside of Israel that are people that God loves, whether they are Christians or not because of what we've already read. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He loves people. He's drawing people to himself through Jesus as Savior. And it's important for us to understand what's going on right now. Hamas is not all Palestinians. So it's important for us to learn some distinction. 
Hamas has an agenda that's the total annihilation of the state of Israel. It's not hearsay or misinformation. It's stated first in Hamas's covenant preamble in 1988, which states Israel will exist and continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. Hamas made their intentions very clear for all to see. A mistake of history would be for us to not take seriously their stated agenda. Israel has a right to defend itself and bring security to its citizens. Yet Israel should resist the, dis- the, the temptation for indiscriminate killing of innocent Palestinians in its invasion. Now we know that they said, they told people to flee, head towards Egypt. Egypt closed its borders, which made a humanitarian crisis worse. And the UN and others are calling Israel to not behave the way they're behaving in the midst of all this. Americans need to educate themselves concerning the roots of this conflict. In the the podcast post for today, I'm going to have notes that have a summary of the history of this that's reliable that I think will be helpful to you. I'm not going to get into all of it today, but I do think if we're going to pray and we're going to close our time together in prayer, we need to understand this is a real place with real people. People that are very dear to me, you see pictured here, it's Steve and Taffy Carpenter. I love Steve like my big brother, poured into me when I was in middle school and high school, really changed my life for the good. They've been living in Jerusalem for, I don't know, somewhere around 30 years. Leading people to Jesus, leading worship, bringing people together in prayer and in worship. And their three adult children, Samuel, Elliot, and Caitlin, as citizens of Jerusalem, it's military service is compulsory. And so they're serving in the military of Israel right now. We've been praying for them. It's important for us to understand this is a real place with real people, both Palestinians and Jewish people, Israelis. This is a picture that Steve took from the Yom Kippur celebration. So Jews praying at what they have exposed a part of the foundation of the last temple that was built. You may have heard it as the Wailing Wall. It's actually not a wall. It's part of the foundation that they've exposed. Understanding the history of how this area has changed is a really important part of it. The Ottoman Empire was in control, then the British, and the British started to segregate things, and then, but then the people of the region rejected what the Brits and UN thought should happen. And so there was an armistice, there was a peace. There were borders that were drawn um, in a treaty between Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and Israel. And you see the Gaza Strip down there just to kind of help us understand what's going on. And again, there'll be more in the podcast to just kind of reference these, uh, these pictures here. The city of Jerusalem is considered a holy city for Jews, for Christians, and for Muslims. And this is what Gaza looks like. It's a a place that has issues with erosion and and a lot of problems. Listen, it's right for us to, to believe that terrorism should be judged. But we as Christians are a part of God's kingdom and we need to pray. 
Now, listen to what Paul writes to all Christians under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you that Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he asked God to remove, and God didn't. But that didn't stop Paul from praying for miracles, from having a faith that God could and would do miracles, and it didn't stop him from leading the believers into prayer. So watch this now. First of all, I urge you that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, different types of prayer, be made for everyone. All y'all should pray for everyone. Pray for kings and all those who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. We have multiple examples in Scripture of people praying that God would change the way a leader was thinking or feeling or doing. It's a Bible idea. We say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Bring us into alignment with what you want. Meaning, help other humans to be spiritually aware of God who you are, aware of what our deceiver is doing, of what deception is, aware of what things of flesh need to be discerned and figured out and discerned between right and wrong. And God, would you do something to help bring us into that alignment? That's a right way to pray. This is good. It pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The, the, the Jesus movement, the cause of Christ, the, the, the good news going forth, the people responding to Jesus as Savior and King is always included. It's always included. It's at the top. It's the priority. It is right. It's not some weird right-wing political evangelical thing. No, it's all throughout the scripture that we should be praying and that our prayers should have a focus and a priority that other people would find Jesus to be Savior and King. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. It is right for us to pray. So we're going to go to prayer. Before we do, I just want to give a couple of thoughts in transition. We need to pray for righteous judgment to be carried out and merciful protection and provision granted to the innocent in the Middle East. We need to pray for righteous solutions to take place in resolving the conflict. And we need to remember that Jesus is still the answer. No spirit of fear, no weird focus on the world is ending, no hoarding toilet paper. We're instructed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 22. But love is our ethic. Because God loved, we love our neighbor and our enemy. And when we call on God to do miracles, it's God who does the work. It's not how loud we pray that accomplishes the thing. It's not how stressed we are. It's not getting weird about spiritual warfare. It's God who does the thing. And if it's God who does the thing, then I don't need to be overwhelmed by the problem. 
What does it say in Romans 12? Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I know a lot of us over the last few years, the last thing we want to hear about is current events. It's one reason why I'm careful about how much we talk about it. Because a lot of us have been traumatized. We've had a lot of other people asking us, are you angry about the same thing I'm angry about? And if you're not angry about the same thing they're angry about, then they're angry at you. Right? A lot of us have been questioned about if we understand what it means to be black, what it means to be white, what it means to be male, what it means to be female. God is calling us first and foremost to a place of understanding what it means to be a child of God. Because that matters more than the rest. It doesn't obliterate the rest. It doesn't obliterate who God created you to be, but it's more important than. And if it's informing you more than the rest, then a place of stress and anxiety and fear about these things should not be where our heart is at. But as children of God, with a gracious humility out of a thanksgiving to God, believing that God can do what is impossible for us, that's where we pray. So praying shouldn't be this overwhelming, weird thing. Are you with me? Because it's God who does the thing. So just, just quickly summarizing some of what we saw from Scripture. God loves people from all nations. Jesus Christ is Savior and King. Our world is a better place when more people look to Jesus as Savior and King. I've met one of the Christian leaders in Iran. There is a growing church in Iran. We don't want to see Iran nuked out of existence. We need to have some perspective. Jesus followers, for Jesus followers, love is our ethic. It's our motive. It's our value system. Jesus followers are commissioned to share the good news. God's call calls all people to a loving respect for each other. God's heart is for the Israelis and the Palestinians. I'm including in the notes for today a letter to you from one of our elders, Lanny Hubbard, with more biblical perspective on Jesus' teaching and what it means to us in the midst of these current events, with more perspective on what it means, what does it really mean to love our enemies? So please make sure that you pull up the notes from today. So I just want to put out some prayer topics. I'm going to step away and let... Um, open up the mic so that we can uh, spend a time in prayer. I'm just going to toss up some topics so that you can uh, pick one, come up to the mic, and we can have a time in prayer. May God's perfect peace come to the Middle East. These are just prayer topics. Off the top of my head, you can pick another one, but these are some ones I wrote out. May every leader see what God wants them to do. The leaders of nations, the leaders of people, the leaders of militaries. May every leader see what God wants them to do. May there be a ceasefire of hostilities. What, is it, what does it look like? God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Here's a couple more. All who were kidnapped to be reunited with their loved ones. That there'd be new homes and support for those who fled the war. And those who are suffering receive miracles of food, clothing, healing, and medical care. 
May there be new ministries, nonprofits, and businesses started that help people. A lot of times this happens when people are displaced. There's new things that are positive that are started in other parts of the world as a result of it. May there be new songs written in the Middle East that go around the world promoting peace and truth in reconciliation.